Welcome to Transformation, the Empowerment Game. Are you tired of struggling through life to get what you want? Audrey Newmont shares tools, insights, and information, and amusing stories that will assist you in creating the life you truly want. Join us for a new playful way to experience your game of life. Here's your host, hypnotherapist, spiritual practitioner, and author, Audrey Newmont. So I'm thinking this is a great opportunity. We have about 21 more days that it looks like we're going to be on lockdown. And it's an opportunity to really dig into what the things are that have been stopping us in life. I'm thinking people have plenty of time to look at their stuff, as it were. And the other part of it is, and I was thinking about it, you know, on my tools for transformation, that word transformation, in the letters, there's a heart, there's a caterpillar, and a butterfly, and there's the world. So when you're thinking about a caterpillar, it is just being a caterpillar. It's crawling around on the ground and, you know, through the trees, wherever it is, and it's just doing its thing, and it can only see what's right in front of it. And then at a point, the caterpillar has this inner knowing, and it goes and it creates a cocoon, and it's got imaginal cells. So I'm thinking about it, and it's like that caterpillar is kind of like what we're doing. We're all in this cocoon right now. So if you think about it, the caterpillar has imaginal cells. So I'm thinking it must be very interesting for that thing while it's in there. I mean, it has to literally let go of everything that it is and grow those few imaginal cells into what it will be. I am thinking it might be a little painful. I don't know. Maybe it's just in the process or maybe uh, they don't feel pain. But for us, sometimes we don't want to go through the process of letting go and creating our new selves because we think it's going to be much more painful than it is. And not to say that it's easy, but I don't think it has to be as painful as we might imagine. And then the other part of it is you look at what the reward is. So you think about that caterpillar and it's growing all of those new imaginal cells and it's going from one kind of body to a whole nother ball game. It has wings. Colorful wings, beautiful wings. And so think about it, that caterpillar comes out of the cocoon like we're going to be coming out of our lockdown. For many of us, might be around the 15th of May. When we come out... The world's going to look a little different, and we're going to be different. I mean, you can't be cooped up in your home and can't be away from your normal without in some way, shape, or form being different. So everything's going to kind of be a whole nother experience. 
But if when we're in the cocoon and we're doing the work of letting go of the things that create anger for us, anxiety, stress, worry, rage, if we work through those things and let go of those triggers, when we come out as the butterfly, we're going to think more expansively. We're going to experience life from a much more open and what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I love that expansive word. It's a more conscious way of being. So when you are flying and you're being free, you're not being encumbered by what I call those fear feelings. You'll experience them and then you're going to work through them quicker because you won't have the, old, the same old baggage holding you down. So why do we let go of things so that we can be the butterfly that flies, so that we can live our lives in a much freer sense with more calm, being more comfortable? So when you're looking at the process of letting go, there's a big reason for it. So we always have to get to our why. Why would I go through something where I know it's going to cause me to feel uncomfortable? Because on the other side of it, life is better. Life is happier. Is it happy all the time, 100%? No. But when you're letting go and you're learning new tricks, you're learning new tools, You'll go through the anger a lot quicker, through the stress or the anxiety a lot quicker. So let's investigate this a little more. One thing's for sure about being here in this pandemic is that everybody is dealing with a lot of emotions. And for a lot of the clients that I've been working with, we have been dealing with past stuff that they're bringing forward. It's almost like when you have a baby, that baby will challenge every bit of the old stuff within you. It's like, <laughs> I remember I've had three daughters and I really wanted to be a great parent. And sometimes I found myself in just some ma majorly like massive unconscious behavior and I had to dig deep into what was going on that would make me want to feel like that. In fact, just recently, I had something where I had to really look within myself, because here we are, we're all locked up, right? And one of my things is about having a clean, organized house. And I'm just going to say, since the first one was born, and all the way up until this moment, which really came to a head at one point, it has been a source of frustration for me. And I just can't even stress enough. It has been, oh my goodness, wait a minute, I just got a text. Oh, my client had her baby. Speaking of which, I mean, what are the odds that I'm talking about this? And one of my clients who's been coming to me for years just sent me a text of her beautiful baby. Oh, my goodness. At any rate, 
Getting back to how babies will trigger those parts of us that are still needing to be worked through the trauma and the drama of life, my kids, it's been an interesting time because now we're all cooped up together and there is this need for me to have a somewhat organized house. And one day I just kind of lost my shit. I just did. And... I just had to really sit with myself and be like, why do I keep getting upset about cleanliness in the house and who's doing what and what that all looks like? And so I sat with it and I remembered that when I was a kid, I had to clean the house every single weekend and I couldn't go out to play until it was all clean. And I'm talking cleaning the floors, the ashtrays, though, you know, bathrooms, everything. And then my mother would come in to me afterwards and she'd be like, hey, there's a spot. There's a spot. You didn't do that right. And until it was perfect, I was not going anywhere. So I learned to keep a really clean house. And so I was thinking about it and it's like, oh, I get it. What I'm experiencing, that anger and frustration and all the other feelings that came up when my kids are turning into the Bickersons, it was that little girl part of me that had <laughs> had I done anything like they had done, I would have just been in massive trouble. You didn't question the mother, you know, you just did what you needed to do. And so there was a little, there was a part of it where that little girl part of me was just so offended and resentful. And so I recognized that and I realized, all right, I need to change my behavior my girls are going to do what they're going to do, and I have to change who I am in it. And I laid there that night, and I thought about it, and it's like, well, what can I do? I think I've done it all. I mean, we're talking 28 years worth. And then I thought about something I hadn't done. I hadn't ever not cared. So I laid there, and I thought, can I do that? Can I just not care? What if things are messy? What if things are, you know whatever they can be. As we all know, we all have a home of some sort and it's, you know, it can be kind of gnarly sometimes. And so I laid there and I thought, you know what, I can not care. And I made a commitment to myself to the, that to the best of my ability, I was not going to care. I just wasn't going to invite anybody over either. <laughs> so it came up the very next day and I just looked at them and I said, you know what, I don't care. And I meant it. And I really owned it within myself. And the cool thing was, they ended up moving forward and doing more. And they've been doing a lot more ever since then. And it's very interesting that when I took all my attention off of it, when I literally could let it go, and I could forgive my mother for, you know, having me do all of that and, and go behind me and be so, I don't know, Let's just not put a word to it. But when I could let go of all of it and I could forgive the girls for, you know, whatever they were doing and literally have no energy on it, everything changed. So for all of us, we have to find those places in our life where there is a level of frustration with someone else. And a lot of times it's a mirror for us. It's a something that we're holding on and it's been in the trunk of our car rattling around and so there's an opportunity to let it go. And the segment that is coming up is my conversation with one of my clients. 
and letting some of her stuff go and kind of literally how I own the process of being done. So if you look at my work, there's a lot of information about the timeline. This is a moment of being in the choice point in the timeline and looking at the past and saying, what is it? Let's look at it. Let's bring it from below the surface and and look at it with compassion. Look at it with understanding so that we can address it and we can, in our own minds, restructure it so that we are changing the dynamic around it and eliminating some of that junk from the trunk. So I invite you to listen to the next segment and I'll catch you on the other side. What you're doing is you're letting go. This no longer is who I am. I'm taking the energy of that and it's done. The lesson is learned. It's over. So whatever my mother did, I release it and I let it go. Whatever my father did, same thing. Anybody. And you're letting it go so that that little girl, you're telling her now you were always just right. In, um, uh, in, the, in the loud voice or in... However it works best for you. Everybody's got their own... I don't like to say it specifically should be like this. It's whatever you're most comfortable with. Like for me, when I'm doing it, I'm literally like... I'm imagining my little Audrey self. And there were some challenging things that I went through as a little girl. And it's like, I'm remembering it. I can picture it in my mind. Like the, the time, I know I told you about the situation with the guy at my window. And I... Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so I'm remembering my stepfather leaving and going outside and then coming back in and saying, yeah, he's gone, go back to sleep. And I'm like, so I'm remembering her then and I'm telling her back then, like I can travel in time almost. And I'm telling her, you were safe then. And I'm going to comfort you now and let you know you're okay. It's all right. So I'm alleviating the terror that that little girl part of me is still holding on to. So I'm letting her know it's done. You didn't know how to let it go then, but we're letting it go now. So any thoughts, any ideas, any beliefs, anything, we, the adult, get to tell the little girl inside of us, it's done this is released and it is no longer in action in any way, shape, or form in our life now. Okay? Yesterday I was in session with one of my clients, and it's all right for me to talk about this. She gave me permission. At any rate, she is in the midst of all of this with coronavirus, and she's just having a struggle. And I've been working with this woman for about, I want to say like at least two and a half, maybe three years. And in fact, she is in my book. (laughs) She's the one where she came into the session for her very first session and went off about how horrible her husband had been. And just, you know, it was just a whole conversation around her husband and it was just how awful and I was looking at her like oh my gosh you know it must have been really horrible and it seemed like it was that just happened and I asked her I said how long ago did this happen she looks at me and like was adamant she said it was like eight years ago 
And I looked at her and I said, you know, you're the way you're talking about it, it's like it was yesterday. And in the whole conversation, she got it. And, and over the period that we've been working together, she's really been able to let it go with regard to him to a certain extent. And so what she's finding right now is that while she's on lockdown, she's finding herself in more frustration with that and with some other things. So we did a timeline and we looked back at why she would have picked a husband like she picked. And so in the timeline, we were looking at what happened to her. And, and around two years old, her father and mother were getting a divorce. So I told her, I said, so then kind of you have to think about it. It didn't just happen that they get a divorce. There had to have been some kind of trauma in the house and some anger and whatever it is that was going on. So when we're, remember, from when we're from zero to eight years old, we're in hypnosis and we're just taking on our beliefs. It's like we're sitting in the back of our parents' car and however they drive, that's how we're going to drive. And so when we're looking at why she does what she does, we're looking at this timeline. And her father was also a rageaholic and he had some, some issues going on. So then she moves forward and she's looking at things and she was raised a lot by her grandparents. And then she tells me about her mother who brought in a stepfather who was an alcoholic and he did have a nice lifestyle. They had a good home, but there was a lot of arguing and some of the things that he would tell her his the mother and some of the things that she had going on it was really it was very bad and this happened up until about the age of from five till about 15 and so she's looking at the message that she kind of takes on from her mother of you know guys that are alcoholics or that are ragers, you know, that's just what normal is. That's just what we do. She doesn't know any different. She just takes on the program. And interestingly enough, the father, I mean, the, um, the stepfather ended up being somebody who was a bit of a stalker at the end as well. And so then we're looking at her own relationships and she gets a boyfriend at like 15 and come to find out he's a bit passive aggressive abusive and he's got his issues so she dates him for from 15 till about 28 and then she gets out of it and she gets into an 8th month 8 month relationship and this guy again is another let's just call him alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> rage or whatever the thing is. So we can look at her pattern. And then she meets her husband. And she's looking at me. She's like, why do I do that? You know, why do I get in the relationship? Why did I stay? Because we did a timeline just with her husband. And it's like, he would do what he did. And then he would come back and say, I'm sorry. And she would stay with him over and over and over again. And then at the end, you know, she's furious because he did what he did. And she's not realizing she kept choosing. So why would she do that? Because that's what she learned. That's how we do it. 
Mom taught me well. And to be fair, the mother probably learned from her mother. In fact, uh, she didn't learn from her mother. She learned it somewhere along the line. And it doesn't really matter. What matters is when we can recognize our own unconscious patterns that we do. So my client is learning, oh, that's what I had been doing. So if you think about the timeline, everybody's always in a choice point. Like for all of us now, like I was saying before, we're in the cocoon. We're in a big choice point. We all have to make adjustments and choose at the moment. But it's a lot different choosing from intentional, this is what I am creating, versus unconscious, my phone, unconscious consequences. So when she can look at the belief systems and why she would choose men like that, and then more importantly, change it and own a new intention. She's choosing men that make healthy choices like she is. She's sober now. And she is recognizing that she wants men that have integrity, character, morals, are able to manage their anger. And she's changing the belief around what a great guy is for her. And when she does meet this guy, she will know. (laughs) And she's going to create a great relationship of that. I'm very convinced. So look at your own timeline. If you are having challenges in relationships, when you're looking at the timeline, it's not to say that it was wrong or that was bad or anything like that. You're looking at the timeline to say, what did I do? And why would I do it? And then you use that information and you learn from it and you grow. But most importantly, like I've been saying through this whole podcast, super important to let it go. Because if we're carrying this stuff forward, we will continue to create those kind of situations. So be in the process, learn, change those beliefs, do the process of the timeline, and most of all, hold on to your intentions and keep your attention on the intention. Everything is in your power to create, consciously and unconsciously. So be conscious. And that will be it for this podcast. I'm wishing you all well. Take care.